he called me up and asked if I would write his theme song. I'm almost halfway finished. How do you like it so far? How do you like the theme to Gary's show? This is the theme to Gary's show, the opening theme to Gary's show. This is the music that you hear as you watch the credits. We're almost to the part of where I start the whistle. Then we'll watch his Gary Shandling show. Welcome to the Blackcast, one of my favorite all-time theme songs, the minimalist approach for It's Gary Shandling Show, the uh, half-hour Showtime sitcom that Gary Shandling did years before the Larry Sanders Show, which is appropriately referred to as brilliant, which it was, but uh, It's Gary Shandling Show was also uh, very funny. I always enjoyed the song. Uh, last week, earlier this week, actually, we heard that uh, Gary Shandling, comedian, uh, died very suddenly. I think we've heard now that it was a heart attack at the age of 66, which was uh, very, uh, you know, just bit of a downer to hear because he was always so funny. I mean, when I was a kid, he was uh, one of the funnier comedians that I knew, mostly because of its Gary Shandling show. And uh, I had the privilege to uh, talk to him for 45 minutes, just me and him on the phone, not on the radio. We He was just chatting with me. I was calling him to have him back on the radio show with Dennis, Dennis Miller. And just to basically get my own 45-minute performance by Gary Shandling that uh, I laughed hysterically the whole time was uh, was an honor that uh, I'm glad that I had. And he'd already been on the show since I was producing it. And we talked for so long. And I, I remember exactly what day it was. The day we talked was November 4th, 2008, which was the day that President Obama was elected the first time. So knowing Dennis Miller's politics, he said, Look, I'll come on any day, but I, I can't come on tomorrow. You know, maybe next week. <laughs> he just didn't want to come on the day after the election. He's like, yeah, let's let's let things cool down a little bit, which I thought was very funny. And uh, one other Gary Shandling thought, Dennis Miller would often talk about one specific joke of Gary's that he said was the perfect joke. And uh, it's hard to disagree. Uh, it's uh, very not safe for work, but you're listening to the Blackcast, so you must be ready for that. And it was, you know you're really gay when you're fucking a guy thinking about fucking a different guy. And it's just such a perfect, simple joke that uh, it's hard to really think about, you know, there's so little thought went into making that perfect. And he was a comedian's comedian. Other comedians knew how funny Gary was, and they all appreciated the opportunity to work for him. You know, Dennis wrote jokes for him when he would guest host The Tonight Show, and uh, you'd be surprised how many people worked with him, you know, when he would do those things. So, uh, sad to hear, and obviously we talk a lot about nerd movies and such here. He, of course, is Senator Stern from the Iron Man movies, and I he believe he showed up in The Winter Soldier, giving a big hail hydra so uh that's uh you know he left his mark not just in the comedy world but also in the nerd world and i uh, just wanted to start off the show talking about that i am indeed christian blatt this is indeed the blackcast i am of course on twitter at christian dmz the blackcast on facebook give it to the old thumbs up blackcast.com and at Blackcast on Twitter. On the other side of the glass, the one, the only, the Captain EO on Twitter at Jeff Duray. Captain EO, big ups for the big pun. How you doing, brother? Yo. Uh, not with us on assignment, Agent Starling. So we have our East Coast correspondent, the Blackcast 
Guy Talk, Coltrane's Corner, Emeritus, the one, the only, Coltrane, how are you? Hey, how's it going? On Twitter at Coltrane Leaks, do you ever actually look at Coltrane Leaks? Uh, it's been a while since I looked at Coltrane Yeah. Actually. I, I, again, I, it's been a while since I looked at Facebook either, so. You're not missing much. He looks at his leaks when he looks at his poops. <laughs> You were just you were just fighting for you were just fishing for a bell there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Coltrane, we appreciate you taking some time uh, out of your East Coast schedule where it's much later back there, and uh, hanging out with uh, me and Jeff. You know, if uh, Agent Starling is too busy propping up the wheelchairage, so uh, you know we we need some help is basically what it comes down to. Hey, I'm down. You you know I'm always down, and I'm always down for Will to be uh, propping up the Wiltourage. So yeah, look, we, I'm good there too. We really need that to start happening. The the Wiltourage. Uh, so I want to talk, uh, you know, about something very important to the Black Cast that happened earlier this week on Monday. Now, in Coltrane's corner, many times we discussed Teen Mom Fair Abraham, who. <laughs> was the star of Backdoor Teen Mom, Backdoor Teen Mom 2, and I've recently been made aware that it was indeed a trilogy, Backdoor Teen Mom 3. And... I did not know there was a, there was a third one. I knew there was the first two. Did yep. Not know there was a third You're going to have to update your collection. And she, She's still claiming those were, like, leaked, right? Uh, the first one I think she is. I don't know about beyond that, but, uh, oh, yeah. you leaked all three of my trilogies. <laughs> you leaked all 400 episodes of my TV show. What happened? <laughs> now, uh, Coltrane, for people not familiar with Teen Mom Fair Abraham, just yeah. kind of give the give the bullet points, give the cliff notes, and why, you give the Coltrane's notes, though, as to why you found her to be such an interesting figure, pun intended. <laughs> Big pun intended. Actually, the, the funniest thing about that is I've only seen the show Teen Mom like twice. And the first time that I saw it was like the episode that like she, she was describing like how her kid's dad like died. It was like very sad and she seemed yeah. very sympathetic. I was just like, wow, like this poor girl, like, you know, because at first you're thinking, wow, Teen Mom, it's some like exploitive show on MTV, this sucks. But she was just like, yeah, you know, he died. But So she actually seemed very sympathetic. And you're like, wow. And she was cute. And so you're like, oh, you know, like, good. You know, at least she's, like, getting some out of life. Like, she, you know, they're giving her money on the show and stuff. So maybe she'll have a chance. And then, like, the next thing you know, she just, like, she basically is, like, jumped right into, like, fucking porn. So yeah. it was it was a great transition. Um, she, I, she continues to get, like, plastic surgery and everything. So she looks like. I don't know. She looks like a porn star. And so she decided to go all in with it. And as they've, uh, you guys have just mentioned, now there is a trilogy. There is a Teen Mom, uh, or Backdoor Teen Mom, Backdoor Teen Mom 2, and apparently Backdoor Teen Mom 3. Right. Um, and, you know, eventually there'll be the spinoff, Backdoor Teen Mom, The Next Generation. I'm sure we'll get that. <laughs> I'm surprised a couple of the other girls from the Teen Mom series, like, haven't you know, broken off into porn. You know, it's funny it because... It seems like that would be kind of the pipeline to get in there. You know what I did there? <laughs> pipeline? <laughs> you, right there. You got, you got yeah. some bell. And she, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because she's the only teen mom that, you know, the, the lay person, pun intended, uh, pun always intended, let's just assume that, that 
really like lay people who don't watch the show know who she is. But uh, so Coltrane, fast forward, you know, after a few years where she would often be mentioned on the Black Hat, specifically Coltrane's Corner. Fast forward to Monday when out of the blue, you get a crazy text from me, don't you? I did. I was uh, I was I was very surprised. I was actually in the middle of a text conversation with someone else. So when I got the text, I was like, I, I was like, what? Uh, very, very uh, pleasantly surprised that I saw a text with you uh, dressed up in uh, Star Wars gear. Star Trek. Star, Star Trek. Trek. Be careful. Star Trek. Excuse me. For a second, I was going to make a joke about the red shirt, except you're wearing blue. I was. It's yeah. Kind of like go, but you're wearing <laughs> your uh, Star Trek gear, and uh, you were alongside one Backdoor team mom. <laughs> yes, by Farrah Abraham. And look, she was very nice. Uh, the uh, We had an interview with her on The Tomorrow Show, thetomorrowshow.com, which is a, a show that I uh, work on a couple days a week. It's uh, on the internet Mondays and Thursdays. And earlier this week, we did indeed have Teen Mom Fair Abraham on the show. And look, she was she was very nice. She was uh, willing to head out to the studio and be there. I'm working very hard to not use the word come when I'm having a conversation about her, by the way. Uh, I'm trying to not say come out to the studio because every time I'd have to hit that. So, and by hit that, I mean, no. But, uh, so... And, you know, she was happy to take pictures with all of us or whatever, uh, you know, in her butt. stop it. <laughs> we had her on the show for about 90 minutes. And if you edit it down to about, you know, 35, you have a solid interview. She was game for talking about her past comments she'd made about people. She's very nice. And when I said, do you mind if I take a picture so I can text it to my friend? She didn't mind. So that's how that happened. But I I liked that it was just so out of the blue that I'm like, oh, I'm going to text Ken. When I found out she was going to be on The Tomorrow Show, I'm like, I can't wait till I get a picture that I text to Ken. (laughs) And uh, so, so look... You know what, Farah Abraham of of the girls who became famous for having sex too young. Yes, you really just took the ball and and ran with it, and I'm impressed by that. Thank you, thank you very much. We we do what we can. So uh, that you know, look, that was uh, it was a magical. I mean, listen, here's here's the thing about her. Like she she started off as a teenager on you know Teen Mom. I think she did like another version of Teen Mom. Then you know, like she's kind of. She did like the porn star stuff. Now she's she did like you know uh, I think it was like Celebrity Big Brother over in uh, in the UK. Yes, and, and you know she got into fights over there. Then she came back here, did another version of like Team Mom. So I mean, she's really understanding and milking the whole uh, the whole reality TV thing for everything she can while she can. So I mean, I you know it, I kind of I think that it, I always think it's sort of stupid when people do the fake. Like, oh, my God, you, like, leaked my sex tape, and how did that happen? I kind of hate that at this point. Yeah. I just wish people were like, you know what, fuck it. I just decided to, like, make a sex tape, and I hope you like it. I just I mean, decided to invite a porn star over to put it in my asshole. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. it, 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 there was nothing casual about it, so the fact she ever tried to play it yeah. off well, as, with as a, a joke. Yeah, with a guy who's like, a porn on. star. No, I look, and Coltrane, I know A exactly. guy who's a porn star who is also on trial for being too rough and basically mm-hmm. raping other actually, actresses. Actually, I don't believe he is actually on trial. He was, he was accused of, of, of a bunch of different uh, violations. However, there was actually no criminal investigation. Look at that! And I actually, I actually know that because I read an article about it today. Because I, I was following the trial, well, the, the all the accusations that came out, 
And then today, it was like I saw something. It's like James Dean is still working as you know, got it as much going on as ever. So, and did you uh, like over? Did you read about it at DailyMail.co.uk? I don't think I did actually. I oh my gosh! Somewhere else. So, so a uh, disreputable news source, not something as trusted as DailyMail.co.uk. Yes, so yes, that is exactly the direction that I'm going. And look, you know, there's other things that Farrah Abraham has been smart enough that she has this brand to cash in on. She has. She explained this to us. She has. I forget what the pro, what the product is actually called, but she had a mold made of her vagina, yep. so you can have that. Oh, uh, fleshlight. I don't. I think Fleshlight is a different brand. Why did you know that so quickly? First of all, I didn't know it quickly. I was sitting here going, like, "Oh, what's it called?" Yeah. Secondly, I was just guessing because that's like a thing right. that and I've seen like a, on my Twitter. I always see, um, <clears throat> yeah, I see like the advertisements. Right. Like, yeah, get my Fleshlight so you can fake have sex with my fake version of my pussy. Plus, Liev's apartment is littered with Fleshlights. They're everywhere. Well, yeah. Yeah, but if you need a flashlight, you just call Gonzo, as we've established here on the mm-hmm. Blackcast. So, and she also has something called a foxtail, so that you can uh, have a fake ass of her, so you can uh, fake backdoor her. Perfect. And you know, I'm sorry, what was that called again? I just for, for <laughs> you're, uh, no, you're writing no. it down for a friend. Uh, I yeah. believe it's called the foxtail. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about fleshlights or how they have vampire teeth ones that you can use. <laughs> vampire teeth. It's a real thing. It's I don't doubt thing. it. Not even it's for like a second. It's like a mouth with fucking fang, oh, fake man. rubber fang. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting blown by a vampire. This is sweet. <laughs> this is sweet. Speaking Last thing I would ever let a vampire do is put my dick in her mouth, even if she was crazy hot, because you are putting a blood-filled orifice in the mouth of something whose sole purpose <laughs> is to drink blood yeah. and bite things like that. Speaking, know, Jeff, I'm just saying, what a way to go. What a way to go. Speaking That's of point. Speaking <laughs> of people who have sex with someone who looks like they're undead, Ted Cruz, <laughs> allegedly, yes. five affairs. Now, the rumors started by uh, Marco Rubio ally, and not Donald Trump's camp, but Trump sure has been tweeting the hell out of it. And it was said that Ted Cruz was unfaithful with, quote, a hot babe, a sexy school teacher, a foxy political consultant, a pretty lawyer, and a thousand dollar a night prostitute. Now, first of all, I think we have the new Charlie's Angels right here. These five (laughs) girls are definitely... and. How can, like, I love the one is just described as a hot babe. How uninteresting is the hot babe? She's not a sexy school teacher. She's not a foxy co- political consultant, a pretty lawyer, or a thousand dollar a night. She's just, she's just a hot babe, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, listen, I would feel bad, but let's face it. We all know exactly what they're talking about when they say a hot babe. Because there are chicks that will go their whole life, and that's all they are. They're yeah. a hot babe. She's never had a job in her it. fucking they life. That's why she's a babe. Thing. Yeah. No, no, no. She's never had a job. And say, what were you saying, Coltrane? You know what? I don't know. Lost my train of thought. That's all right. But you guys were basically saying the same thing. So, you know, look. But I would would point out that, first of all, like, I I have seen the political consultant. Like, I actually, when I watch election coverage, I've, I've seen her, so I knew who she was. And, yeah, she's definitely attractive. I definitely would. Are you talking about Amanda Carpenter? Yes. 
And but then the other one that that is very interesting is Donald Trump's spokesperson Katrina Pearson. Mm-hmm. Yes. She tweeted out that it absolutely is not true. I'm just saying if it was true, it would be pretty fucking sweet because she's fucking hot too. Also true. <laughs> so now That's Ted true. Cruz wants to make sure that everybody knows that these attacks are garbage. Uh, to that Donald Trump has enlisted his friends at the National Enquirer and his political henchmen to do his bidding shows you that there is no low that Donald won't go to. Now, mm. I would like to ask these... Why do you these... think I love Donald Trump so much? <laughs> I, know. I, heard, I heard Katrina Pearson is actually the one who gave Donald the nickname Lion Ted Cruz, but it was for completely different connotations. <laughs> I uh I don't know look in a in an election season that is so crazy and honestly so painfully depressing this is great. I love a story like this. I don't care if it's if it's not true. It's fine. You know, it clearly men and their predilections and infidelities are not something that voters have a problem with. Case in point, GOP frontrunner, Donald Trump. Donald Trump's wife, Melania, looks like a fucking transsexual. (laughs) I'm just going to put it out there. Melania might have been Mark (laughs) not that many months ago, okay? You know what? I I cannot disagree with you more. I think that you, uh, you, you had a few bad experiences at bad boy school, and I I think you're reliving the past. Dude, I'm telling you, I look at her dumb face every day on the TV that is like two feet from me right now, and every day she looks more and more manly. I could not disagree with you more. So, Coltrane, what you're saying is that... a fan of Melania. What you're saying is uh, future First Lady Melania Trump, you would. Absolutely. All right. Uh, God bless America. I'm not even I'm saying just, I wouldn't. I mean, you got to put your work in now before she's post-op because then everybody's going to come at her. But you got you to lay the groundwork now. Got yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, I just, yeah, I don't see it that way. I, I disagree wholeheartedly. Melania is going to make a great first lady. Just saying. Yeah, um, exactly. I will never go where Trump has gone in that capacity. Never. If yeah, a girl that's probably told me smart. That yeah. she got within like twenty feet of his junk. I'm like, you're sworn off. <laughs> Never. Well, what about if uh, Melania Trump had uh, spent time with Hulk Hogan, who's in the news a lot? You know, well, I mean, that, ladies and gentlemen, is what you call a transition. <laughs> it was a terrible transition, but thank it you. Was, it was not good, but I see. I see what you're going for. I see what you're going for. Uh, and uh, I that, was, that was a terrible transition, brother. I, I yeah, I'm just going to back it up for one second and just say that I, I don't know, like with with the as far as the whole Ted Cruz thing goes, the genius of the possibility that Trump leaked it is that his press, like his spokesperson, was one of the women involved. I, I, in a funny way, I just don't think that he's the one that leaked it, but it wouldn't. I actually think, if I think Ted Cruz himself leaked it because. He's just trying to like, cause he's he's weaselly. Like Donald Trump is like, he just like throw, will like throw everything in your face. I just think Ted Cruz is weaselly. I think he did this. I think he leaked this on purpose so that this could be a story that he could like sit there and try to come out and see Donald Trump. You're evil and you're you're just throwing all this shade and everything. Yeah, and I would agree with you if it wasn't story. for the fact it came from the National Enquirer, who are like openly full-blown Trump supporters like mm. in his but pocket not, wouldn't again, do things not, like that. 
but but what is it like? It doesn't do anything for Trump, and like it, I like if you look at who would actually benefit. Trump Trump just benefit. lost Utah because he couldn't connect with Mormons because he's his because message Mormons, is so fucking psychotic. Are evil and they're you know they're not really you know. Well, the Mormons just couldn't. They're, they're a cult. Well, they, and, they just um, they couldn't Trump's deal with the, the extra bullshit, even though they're already conservative. They couldn't deal with this, like, uber-conservative, kind of, like, in-your-face version of conservatism. Um, and so that's why I think something like this weakens Ted Cruz in those other states. Does, if those if, if Utah had bought something like this, they might have been more apt to give Trump more votes. It, but, but look at what happened. It, it came out after Utah. And like the whole thing, the whole th- like the whole thing started with Melania Trump and 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 um, Heidi Cruz, and Heidi, because of a of a billboard in Utah that made Melania look like you know all sexy up on screen and said you can vote for her or you can vote for Ted Cruz. So in Utah, they used like the sexy wife against Donald Trump, and now that he's out of Utah, he sits there like Ted Cruz can throw this out there, then he can look outraged by this whole thing, outraged. But it's like a story about him with five hot chicks. So he's trying to like sort of play into the the Trump. I'm like a Superman guy, and you know, so he gets to like kind of get that sort of a story in there. He can completely try to disavow it, but I mean, it's a story about him banging five hot chicks. So I just don't think like I don't like Donald Trump like trying to trying to make Ted Cruz look like a man by like banging five chi- five hot chicks. It doesn't really like work out as well, and it doesn't really do anything to like denigrate his, like his wife at all. But for Ted Cruz, it does kind of help him out because again, it makes him look like, look at me, I can still bang fucking five hot chicks. <laughs> but oh my god, no, Donald Trump, you're being sleazy. I'm just saying, my money is on Ted Cruz is the one that leaked this. I mean, I understand Not- that approach, but I, I feel more inclined to agree with Jeff's uh, assertion, which is that. You know, Trump definitely has a problem with, you know, religious conservatives, traditional values. You know, he's a guy that's been married three times, you know, so. Yeah, but what? So then why would you do that before? Like, why do you after Utah? I think because. Every state state that's coming up, Trump's going to win. Trump's better in all the states that are coming up. But I think. There there aren't a bunch of big conservative states out there. So it, do, it doesn't hurt Ted Cruz at all. Sure, but I this think this also that, hurts him going into a potentially it, contested convention and like get him away from evangelicals. You got to do it before a state where there's evangelicals. All the stuff coming up is all like Trump country anyway. Yeah, I think that maybe they expected to win Utah when they didn't. They're like, all right, let's uh, rattle a few cages or see. Um, but uh, not, but but he was always in third place in Utah. And Mitt Romney is a big a big Mormon. Sure. Came out completely against him in Utah. Like he had no chance in Utah. He went there once. Just once. Like, when he when he wants to win somewhere, he actually went but he goes there more than once. He went to Utah one time, said said Mitt Romney's not a Mormon, so all the Mormons fucking hated him. So I mean what like it, again, like the the logic of like the logic isn't there. I for me. I just don't think the logic's there. He was gonna u- lose Utah anyway. Yeah, no, look, I... supported Ted Cruz, Mitt Romney supported Ted Cruz, and and Donald Trump said, yeah, Mitt Romney's not really a Mormon. Right. I mean, there was no, there was zero chance he was winning, he was winning Utah. No, look, I I agree with that, but speaking of zero chance, is there anyone other than John Kasich who thinks that John Kasich will be president? I don't even know that John Kasich thinks so, but I'm going to just 
defer and assume he does believe it. But does anybody else think that John Kasich will be president? No, I think that John Kasich is delusional because I think he thinks that at, when they get to the convention, they have their brokered convention, that, that like the party will nominate him, but they won't. <laughs> they, they, like, is there, if they try to take it away from Trump or Cruz, they're going to go with like Paul Ryan. They're, they're absolutely 100% not going for John Kasich. Yeah, no, no. You're going to go with somebody that you think might have a chance of actually winning. You know, you might you might put Liev on the ticket. You know, who knows? You know, I mean, vote Liev in 2016. I don't know. It's just, look, there's a lot of reasons to uh, to not vote for people. But yeah, the the I don't know. There's all the arguments for, you know, oh, we can't get enough delegates, but let's just try and keep Trump from getting enough delegates. Uh I look. I love me some chaos. I love uh, a shit show. So if there's a political it's, shit it's show funny. at that convention, that it's funny for me because I, I'm there for me. I sort of feel the same way. On one hand, I feel like it would be chaos if Trump is the nominee. I also feel like there would be chaos if there was a contested convention. So I can't tell which one I want more because if Trump is the nominee, there's even if like he gets to twelve thirty seven, they're still going to try to take it away from him which would create chaos. Or if he gets like 1236 and they're just like, screw it, he didn't get 1237, and then they try to take it away from him, that's going to be chaos too. So either way, it's kind of interesting. It the, really is kind of interesting. The whole thing is very interesting, but you know what keeps it interesting is the fact that I don't work on a three-hour-a-day radio show where I have to keep my head in it all day. You know, I, I help out our pal Michael Housem with House Rules. That's an hour a day. And, you know, honestly, about half the show, he talks about the uh, people versus O.J. Simpson or Better Call Saul. So, you know, he'll talk yeah. about TV about half the show. So, uh, yeah, to not have to be as in this as I was for the last two political, uh, not political, but uh, presidential campaigns is great. It's a bit of a relief. Now, I know that, uh, Captain EO, you do not have that luxury. Not at all. I'm in this multiple you're, hours every You're in day. the shit. I'm so, right in the middle of and, it. And it's, it's uh, interfered with the black cast. But we'll talk about a real American now, whom I alluded to a moment ago. That's a transition. That was much better. That, I had to earn a... I am a so Hulk Hogan's uh, sex tape lawsuit, he was awarded $115 million in compensatory damages. Look, we get it. He's not going to get all... $25 million in punitive. In puni- yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're right. 25 in punitive. So he's not going to get that money, but that's besides the point. Uh, there's two aspects of this I want to talk about. The first is that his ex-wife says she doesn't want any of that money because it's dirty money, and to which I say, <laughs> bullshit. She will definitely come after that money Oh yeah, at some point, just not right now, because of the way she went after money, which, you know, I'm sure she was entitled to something because of how long they were married. Really fuck her. But, no, I, I said something because although their kids are old, so yeah, yeah what is she? You know mean? what? She's entitled to a middle fucking finger. <laughs> she yeah, she got rid of Terry and started dating a fucking twenty year old. Like yeah, you're I, a gross you know weird old that. lady. Uh Coltrane, do you agree with that sentiment that uh she she's gross yeah. and old? I mean, I you know, like she's she's not she's not young and cute. I'll just say that. <laughs> I'll, I'll be pleasant. That was very I'll diplomatic of you, sir. Yeah. You know, I'll do it that way. But, yeah, I mean, 
I I cannot imagine how she would how she could be entitled to anything because of like because they've been divorced for a while. However, you know that she will try to come after it because people are greedy and you know she's gonna want some fucking money. One hundred and forty million dollars is a lot of fucking money, and I know she can get some lawyer to be like, "Well, you you banged her. What you banged this chick while you were married, so technically we deserve this money." Yeah, but wait. So was the video from when they were still married? Yeah, they were still married when he banged the chick. Really? Which is crazy, by the way. Like, the how fact, old is the video then? The videos. I mean, this was. They only got divorced in the last five years. Does that sound right? I, I don't follow. I feel like it's got to be a little longer than that. But I do understand the way that Coltrane does that they were married at that point. The thing about it is, it's crazy because it's a video of him banging his best friend's then wife, so Bubba the Love Sponge, radio personality, right. his wife, and. Apparently, Bubba was like, yeah, you should bang my wife. And then there was a video, and Gawker, who lost the lawsuit, contends that he knew that he was being filmed. But either way, they still posted a video of porn, and uh, probably should not have because of the way that's played out. But uh, I don't know. Am I hitting the key points in this uh, this lawsuit, Coltrane? I mean, yeah, you're, that's, that's essentially the, you know, the overall premise there. I mean, it's. I honestly believe because I I started to follow it the last in the last few days. I honestly believe that he would not have won the lawsuit if the if the whatever the the main guy at Gawker if he didn't talk about in a deposition if he didn't say something stupid like oh like when they asked him like well when would it not be okay to post a celebrity sex tape and he was like well if the person was four then I wouldn't do it. And it's like he mocked like that if you were four, then he wouldn't post a sex tape. Yeah. Otherwise, it was fair game. And and the jurors were just like, what? Like, what a fucking dick. So that was what, that, in my opinion, based on what I was, you know, kind of paying attention to, is really when he lost, when Gawker lost the lawsuit. I think up until that point, it was kind of like, I think they were sort of more on the fence. But when that, when, when he said that and the jurors saw it, it was just like, well, fuck that. Yeah. There's... And then, and then there was um, in one of the tapes that was when like Hogan went on like his whole racist thing about you know black people and um, how he wanted his his daughter if she was going to date a black guy to date an NBA player. And I mean, he didn't he didn't use the word black guy. So um, yeah, he know, used he sure. used the word that Liev would have used. Yeah, exactly. Personally, not for race reasons, but I would want my daughter to date an NBA player too, just because money. Sure. Yeah. I mean, listen, I like. I think everybody here like understands that logic, but when you're sitting there, like you know, making racial comments about the whole thing, um, it doesn't it doesn't look good. And then and so the jurors, after they heard the, the deposition from the Gawker guy, then in the when they played the sex tape was when Hogan was like doing all the racist stuff. So the jurors were like, "Well, he must not have known because if he was." If he knew that he was being recorded, he probably wouldn't have like said all that stuff about black people. So yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, like or why the jurors were like, "Well, we're you know, screw you, Gawker. We're gonna we're gonna like hammer you with the uh, with a big uh, uh, payout." Yeah, and that's kind of the question, though. At this point, is uh, Gawker going to have to whatever they have to pay? I, I don't know that they have one hundred fifteen million dollars, but. Even not paying that, whatever they have, how much can that be worth? I mean, that 
website empire. It's 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 I, not BuzzFeed for God's sake, well, you know. Exactly. Except, and this is this is I can I absolutely could be wrong. However, I do remember like reading that the the guy in charge is worth two hundred million dollars. Oh. I don't know, like I don't know, like if he had money going into it, but he himself is supposed to be worth a lot of money. Because I was thinking the same thing, like how much can Gawker be worth? But he is apparently worth a lot. I don't know if that, I don't know, like how that would like tie together as far as like where the money would come from. But that is my understanding: is that that guy, the the guy that's in charge, is worth like two hundred million. So I'm not sure about like where it comes comes into play with the website, but. Yeah, and uh, Captain Neo, your thoughts on this? Uh, I was just going to say, I think there was no way he was going to lose this lawsuit. I think that was obvious from the get-go because you already have the precedent of the revenge porn. Uh, oh yeah, where, the like, website. The yeah. whole revenge porn, like, has they already had ruled on a bunch of that stuff. It had already been a precedent. So at the end of the day, I don't see how you could differentiate between revenge porn posting stuff of like sexual videos that people blatantly know they're being recorded, but are, like never expect those things to be released. And this video where he, even if he does know and is complicit in the recording, is not, yeah. like, granting permission for No, there's, a, I mean, it's a great point, you know. There's one thing to know that you're being filmed for personal use or for your home library or whatever, but it's another thing to expect it to be posted online and shared and critiqued and, and all that, you know. Uh, Hogan had to come to terms with the fact that he'd lied about the size of his pythons for all those years, but, uh, you know, <laughs> that's all right, brother. But, uh, I don't know. Look, it's a fascinating story because it's like someone, I wasn't a huge wrestling fan, but when I was a kid was like sort of the, the heyday of the then WWF with guys like Hulk Hogan and Roddy Roddy Piper, Hillbilly Jim, George the Animal Steel, Andre the Giant. I mean, they even had a cartoon show. It was Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling. So That was a fucking great cartoon yeah, show. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, my brother watched wrestling, so I would see a little of it. That was like the heyday of wrestling. Uh, I mean, obviously, it went into uh, probably much more profitability with The Rock and Triple H and that generation. But still, it, it, I just kind of sort of remember like the beginning of mainstream wrestling. And to have somebody, I, believe me, Hulk Hogan was wasn't a hero of mine. He wasn't somebody I looked up to, but he was a guy who I'm like, yeah, I like that guy. He's funny, and he's have that reality show. Imagine watching an episode of that now with his wife, his then wife, who you know wanted all of his money, and uh, his daughter with, that had a uh, fledgling film career, and well, he had a son named Nick. I think that's all that I really remember about Nick. Well, he's, his daughter at the time had a fledgling uh, music career. She had not gotten into acting yet, and uh, his son Nick uh, killed the guy. Oh, I for Jesus! I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. Well, on that note, although, the, although that was, I, I believe that was after the reality show. Just, I think you're right. I think it was after the reality show. Yeah. yeah. I have like obviously, uh, I don't have a ton of sympathy for Hulk Hogan because it's like you've made plenty of money and you've made your bed, so you you can lie in it. But but he has had a very tumultuous uh, family life over the past we'll say decade yeah so there's definitely some compassion that i felt and when he when he won the lawsuit i personally thought like yeah okay cool get him some money hopefully he'll just shut up and disappear now yeah i I don't i don't know if that'll happen but 
I felt zero sympathy for uh, for Hulk Hogan over like anything that's gone in, in his in his personal life because I feel like pretty much that was all like his own doing. So I had no sympathy there. It was the only re- the only reason that I thought that he should win was when the guy said that he wouldn't post a tape of a four year old, but otherwise anything was fair game. And I was yeah. like, you know what? That guy's a dick, and that guy needs to fucking get punished. So I wanted him to like have to give out a, a lot of money after that, but. The Hulk Hogan stuff, I, like I said, as far as I, I just feel like that's all shit that he did. Yeah. So, well, no, I, I, I mean, look, it's a there. yeah, it's a valid point. I mean, he, you know, you don't necessarily have the freedom to bang your best friend's then wife and film it and think that everything's going to be peachy keen. But that guy from uh, Gawker, I guess Coltrane feels like he would like to punch him in the face, which brings us to I our mean, next... You, like, like, honestly, how do you say something like that? Like, yeah. How do you how do you essentially joke yeah. about what well, He said four, like, just, so that means that seven is okay. Yeah, like, seven, I'm in heaven. Like, it's just, it's not, I don't know, I... I it's just something that to me is just not funny. Yeah. You don't joke about it and you don't like, and you're not flipping about it. Yeah. So the whole thing to me, like just, I just thought it was gross. So yeah. I well, to absolutely to, needed to like, to, to like, dip our toe in the uh, nerd universe for a second, uh, Captain EO, one thing the Frank Castle, the Punisher doesn't stand for kitty porn. Oh, fuck no. The guy at the pawn shop trying yeah. to sell him some kitty porn. He's like, oh, nope. <laughs> That's all you needed to know about the Punisher right there. Yeah. He's he he's not Mr. Morality. He's walking away regardless of all the illegal and illicit things yep. that this guy's offering him. But, and, and I thought it, it was a sticker because at first I thought he was just offering like child pornography. Yeah. But then you hear like, because I saw that part twice. And the second time I saw it, I realized he's offering him the actual kid. That's too fuck. Barely twelve years old, and yeah. uh, Frank Castle doesn't stand for that. No, but Frank Castle, oh, Punisher, my new favorite superhero. He's great. I love the Punisher. Uh, I could have told you the Punisher was awesome a long time. Ago. Punisher's been amongst my favorites since I was in middle school. Uh, that was when he started getting his own series. Because he just doesn't give up. Fuck. <laughs> there, there are no fucks left to give uh-uh. for Frank Castle. The there Punisher. is his field barren yeah. of fucks to give. And don't worry, gang. We are going to talk all about Daredevil Season 2, which includes Frank Castle, the Punisher. And some of you tuned in tonight probably expecting to have us break down Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. It's too big a project. We can't tackle it in one night. So it's something that we're going to have to get to next week. And uh, our pal Agent Starling will be back with us, and we'll talk about it then. But we've got really hard-hitting news to cover, and that's why we bring Coltrane in. We bring in the big guns. And as I alluded to earlier, hard-hitting includes... Hitting in the face, and according to a new poll, more than half of Americans, 54%, want to give GOP presidential frontrunner Donald Trump a punch in the face. 54%. So, more, so if there are, if you're in a room with two other people, one of them wants to punch you, and then the other one wants to punch you, you know, like 4% of them, you know, like they're kind of like, oh, I like you, but I could punch you in the face. That is very high, uh, but uh, Hillary Clinton in second place with only 14%, though. President Obama. She's a girl. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I think that, the, I, honestly, I do think that that skews a figure like that. Because if you ask somebody, like, here's a very, obno- uh, like, here's Hitler. Do you want to punch him in the face? 100%, 99%. But do yeah, you want to punch, punch Ava face. Braun in the face? No, probably about 20%. So, you know, it, look, it's a double standard. But 
President Obama, only 13%. But now maybe that's people that are afraid of, one, (laughs) being considered racist. Two, if you say that you want to punch a sitting president in the face, there is always a chance that the Secret Service has to come to your house. My reason is because I'm scared of black people, like because they're bigger (laughs) and stronger than me, and I don't want to get beat up. So you think President Obama would beat you up? Oh, hell yeah. He probably knows all sorts of fighting techniques. So you think I mean, he's you think he's Luke Cage Power Man? Though, yeah. Saying. What was that, Coltrane? What are you just saying? I said he did break out the tango on short notice. That's all I'm saying. That, that's true. <laughs> Have you true. seen his jumper? You know he's a fucking athlete. That's true. And he's a southpaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh-uh. I'm not messing with a southpaw. Yeah. You know, that's a great point. That's why it's only 13%. Uh, fourth on this list, a generic, quote-unquote, just congressman. That's 12%. So any congressman, you're like, oh, hey, there's a congressman. Just go punch. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I would. That's 100% for me. You're yeah. in Congress. Let me punch uh, you in 4% the want to punch an IRS agent. Only 4%. 2%. Well, percent want to get in trouble. That's true. Well, yeah, but actually, who like unless you have a lot of issues getting audited because for some reason you're trying to fuck with the IRS, like how many people really in your day-to-day life have issues with the IRS? Um, I think day to day, yeah. I think that if you get audited, that's a huge headache, and that's probably what people run into. So I think if you ask people who have had to fill out extra paperwork that have been audited, I would say 100% of them are like, they would put, where are you going to rank them? I'm like, oh, the IRS agent way above Donald Trump. But yeah, I I know what you mean. Your average day to day person probably doesn't have tax problems because they don't pay taxes because the headache of finding my w-2 every year like (laughs) that's about that's about as much annoyance i get with the irs just be like me and only have jobs that don't pay you and then you don't have to worry about (laughs) perfect yeah it works out perfectly uh i don't know so i I thought this was an interesting list and i i wanted to go around you don't have to name someone if you don't want to i'll start with captain eo and i'm going to ask if there one is someone that you have punched in the face and i know you went to bad boy school so it's possible and two if there's anyone you currently would like to punch in the face could be someone from your private life i don't know could be your roommate could be a public figure could be anything i'm just wondering what your thoughts are so this is anyone we've ever punched in the face in our uh, life if it had if you have that experience some of us haven't punched anyone in the face ever so i've oof, i honestly don't know uh, if I've definitely punched somebody in the face, sure, I'm sure I've punched people, but not necessarily. But I actually in a, haven't. In a face. I haven't gotten in fights since elementary school, and I know that this is going to sound like retarded, but uh, when I was in elementary school, uh, it was right around the time my dad passed away, right, and that's when I started getting in a lot of trouble, and I got in fights and stuff, and I was like seriously hurting kids, like, and not even intentionally. I was just like didn't know my own strength so like in fourth grade for example like a very good friend of mine broke my glasses like he hit me in my glasses in my face and that was a trigger so i this is fourth grade i literally picked the kid up over my head and tossed him across a blacktop like cracked his head open he had to get taken away in an ambulance so after that i never i don't get in fights because i was like scared to hurt people because i that just that's not me so you're like Superman. You sure. realize now that you can really hurt somebody. Now, is there... Uh, so you wouldn't... Are there people I want to punch in the face? Every day. Yeah, all day. That's... I want to punch people in the face. <laughs> but I just you, don't do you it. You just don't do it. Anyone you'd like to name, or is it probably better to just move on? Um, uh... I mean, look, for all three of us, and Will, who's not here, it's a given we want to punch Liev in the face. We'll just move yeah. on. All right? We're just going to completely move on. Yeah. I mean, on a daily basis, people that I work for... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to punch in the face. 
a litany of the people I want to work for, or that I work that for. That you do work for. Yeah. I want to punch in the face. Everybody on the road with me at any given time, I probably want to punch yep. in the face. Basically, I have a very low tolerance for other people, <laughs> people. and just like everything they do. Like if you, if you put a recorder in my car with me, it is nothing but like completely inappropriate language, words that I won't even use on the Bladcast. And it's and it's anything that you do. Oh, you're walking across the street too slow? Fuck you! Fucking die! Get out of my way! I hate you! I, I wish I didn't, but uh, I will I will definitely go to that place. But now when I have a kid in the car, I know he doesn't necessarily understand. I have to internalize that, but that just makes you matter. So when I was a younger man and I could I could shout, you know, with the windows closed and the doors locked so no one can get me, yeah. uh, I would shout at people all the time. Uh, Coltrane, anyone that you would like to punch in the face, anyone you have punched in the face, or I should have asked this of uh, Captain Eo, have you ever been punched in the face? Uh, I have been punched in the face. Um, as far as me punching someone in the face, I'm going to leave that as a no comment. <laughs> as far as I would like to punch in the face, first of all, I agree with the uh, when driving, just about everybody. But I also would like to punch in the face all of the uh, college students who are scared and in pain because someone wrote Trump 2016 oh, on the Emory? sidewalk. Oh, yeah, yeah that is Emory. The yeah. fact that they are, that they are um, scared and in pain and they need emergency counseling, yeah, I want to punch them all in the face. Yeah, I mean, look, you're writing a political, you're just saying that you're going to vote for a candidate in something, and I, I don't know. I, Trump 2016 in Chuck, yeah. not even in front of you. <laughs> I know. And you're scared and in pain. That, that will be gone when it rains or snows a foot and a half. It'll be gone. It's okay. You, you oh can get through it. God. And look, I, look, no one ever I'm, has to say why they don't that, I want to like punch Trump. that topic in the face. Like that, <laughs> just bringing that up literally got me heated right now. I'm not even I kidding. I love it. I'd love to see that. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, it's a great point. And, uh, I mean, it's like this. If you, like, I don't care who you, who you like politically or not. Like, that, that's fine. I just, what I loved about college was being able to disagree with people and everything was good. Sure. You have ideas, you share ideas, you just, like, that's all there is to it. But now it's like you can't hear a differing opinion, and you are scared and in pain? Really? Listen, the real world is going to kill you, all of you. You are all going to die because the real world will kick your asses because if somebody writes something on chin chalk on the sidewalk, that is not harmful to you. Uh, Coltrane, I got to ask you a question because we went to the same college. Now, yeah. when I went there, it wasn't quite this extreme, but honestly, this kind of sentiment was there when I was there. Like this kind of over political correctness, like don't say anything that steps on my toes or I'll cry and report it to the dean. Was it like that when you went to Emerson? Uh, I will, I have to say it was not. It okay. was still like... It, for me, when I went there, it was still very, like, everyone was just very open-minded. I mean, you know, like, the school we went to, people were definitely exploring, you know, their, their, um, they, were, they were on a different path in life, but everything was fine. Everyone just talked about things. There wasn't any, oh, my God, I'm going to cry because of what you're saying. But Not- it was, when I was there, it just that I didn't have to deal with that. They weren't like oversensitive to language no. or anything like that. No. Oh, 
I wish I went when you went. Yeah, I, I would like I to not, see. I couldn't go to college these days because it I, is ridiculous. I don't think any of us could. I I graduated in 1998, and I know Coltrane is somewhere around the same time frame, yeah, general time frame for you. And I can't imagine what my college was like now because it was it was so wildly inappropriate. It was not gender sensitive in any way. <laughs> uh, their uh, sexual preference was hetero and the campus was mostly white i mean there were definitely minorities there and you know that doesn't mean that uh you know there there weren't weekly cross burnings at maris college you know it's not like people weren't included but it was it was such not a small weekly bi-weekly it was, a, it was once a month let's be honest you know it wasn't it, you know it just wasn't i don't know, you just didn't have these issues that you ran into and because it was that school i don't know it may be much more diverse now and you run into a lot of these problems I don't know. I just feel like we were all so inappropriate and so stupid. And it's almost like, you know, you can't even get wasted and throw up on a Friday night anymore without somebody telling you you have a problem. You know, when you do it on a Tuesday night, maybe that's a problem. But Friday, Friday is for the men. That wasn't the problem that that I was that I had at Emerson with okay. this kind of stuff. It wasn't like uh, we're such pussies that we're we're like afraid of drugs and alcohol. It's it's exactly what I hate about political discourse in this country right now. It's right. if your opinion isn't mine, it's not that you're not yeah. even just that you're wrong. It's that you're a fucking mean, terrible, idiot, piece of shit, jerk who's also scary and just you're just, evil basically. Yeah, if you don't agree with me, it's the Bernie Sanders. Uh, supporters reactions to conservatives now i'm extremely independent i lean more liberal sure. uh, with my with my personal politics so when i say that i'm saying like how a bernie sanders supporter and i just this is personal experience a lot of shit that i'm seeing um because they're just getting more and more vocal on facebook but you see them going out there and just being like, "We, oh, Bernie's all about love. It's all about love and peace and taking care of everyone and like lifting each other up and uniting and like all this great stuff." And I completely agree with those as, as sentiments. I, I think that love and taking care of each other is important. Sure. Blah blah blah. I think it kind of directly competes with human nature and instincts on a lot of levels. But I think they're great ideals. I think they're great ideals, and I think that they're what culture is meant to help us strive towards. Now, that said, these same people, as soon as you bring up, like, I mean, Trump, I'm, I'm not even going to go into how they feel about Trump supporters. Um, no, I, I, I'll interrupt for a second. Talk to a Bernie supporter and tell them that you want to vote for Hillary. Don't mm-hmm. even go uh-huh. uh, Trump or Cruz. They'll be like, oh, my God, how could you not vote for Bernie? I'm like, there's a million reasons to not vote for Bernie. Exactly. You know? And they they do not promote the the peace and love. It's like, oh, did you know that Hillary's mentor was a KKK person? Oh, you like Trump? Then you must automatically be part of the KKK. Now, look, if you're part of the KKK, do you probably support Trump? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that said. If you look at the list, it's it's not going to be the 70-year-old Jew from Vermont. It's it's, uh, going back to one of my favorite analogies, you know, not uh, not all squares are, uh, excuse me, not all rectangles are squares, uh, but all squares are rectangles, right? No, I had that backwards. I think you had it backwards. Backwards, Look, we know what you mean. Yeah, shapes are shaped. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. The rectangles because they got the four sides. I was right. Yeah, I was right. Uh, but but I'm saying like, 
you can support Trump for other reasons than just that you hate black people and everything. Like, whatever dumb shit Bernie think people think is their reason for supporting Trump. And that's what kills me. That's the lack of political discourse. And that was the same problem I was having with this PC culture at college, where it's like, there are certain words that I like to use that I have... I know, like, negative ill will towards the groups that they tend to marginalize. You used one earlier. You said retarded, which yeah. you don't mean, you know, develop, what can I say, development, <laughs> developmentally disabled. You don't mean those people. No, and you I, just mean it's retarded. I know. And we used to be able to say that. And we used to be able to use the F word with the double G's for homosexuals. But now mm-hmm. it's like you definitely can't say that. We And I don't know. And look, I get it. People are offended. You don't use a word. But we didn't mean it that way. We're not bad people. You're not a bad person because you say that. And I think my personal thought, and I've always felt this way, and I try to champion it to other people because I really think it makes a difference, take words back by using them all the time because you kill the meaning. I say the word cunt all the time. The the girl that I'm seeing right now, I call her a cunt a lot. <laughs> and I but I use it so much and I use it playfully and I use it in all other forms that if say we did get in a fight and I was like, You're being such a fucking cunt right now it wouldn't be like in a relationship where you never use that word and you say that to a girl and she's like, Oh my god, how could you ever say such a word to me? Because I use it so much, yeah. if I did use it, she'd be like, Yeah, I'm a cunt. Well fuck you, you fucking Whatever yeah. she wants to call me back because there's really no male Queer. equivalent. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm yeah. just saying it, those using those words and not having those meanings and not worrying that they have those meanings and understanding some people are good. I have don't discriminate against homosexual or any t- different sexual orientation or variance thereof. Yeah. I just use words I like. What was that, Coltrane? <laughs> Sorry, I got no self huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it, it's uh, I don't know. It's interesting, and and I agree that it seems like a college campus used to be a place where you could get together and share your difference of ideas, and you know, not really come around and convince each other that you are going to come over to someone else's side but then you'll get drunk or get high afterwards and you have fun and you know you don't care you don't care you know it's like you don't care that what was the presidential election when i was in college was uh clinton and dull and people weren't really that upset <laughs> you know clinton was already like you said clinton and dull clinton and well you know it's not that far <laughs> off you know it, it, it wasn't like this it wasn't like obama Romney, Obama, McCain, and I don't know. It's funny. They talk about how bad it's been the last few years. People have somehow forgotten how terrible it was. Uh, John Kerry, George W. Bush, when Bush was running for re-election. All those people who are saying they're going to move to Canada now have not yet, by the way. So uh, they didn't then. And uh, we'll see. You know, I, I don't I don't know how much they're going to like Canada. The Canada's a wonderful place, but uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting, it, and it's it's disappointing. And I'm so far away from when my son's going to go to college. I can only imagine how much worse it's going to be. You know, it's like you're allowed to have opinions, but what you do is you uh, write them down and then you immediately set them on fire, either literally or you know digitally, and uh, don't share that opinion with anyone because it'll get you in trouble. You, you realize you can't actually set them on fire because global warming. 
Uh, you can, see, look what look what I did. I'm destroying Mother Earth. I'm an awful person. You Thank can you, Coltrane, be, for reminding me. You, really are. you can be, think, say, feel whatever you want. You yeah. can you can be you can think you're a fucking cat and demand that you're a cat and everyone has to address you as a cat. That's fine. But we live in a culture now where if somebody points out like you're not a cat, you're a person, then that person's the asshole. We've talked about that culture. And were you commenting on the uh, wanting to be referred to as a cat? Yeah. Oh, my God. Look, I don't know. It's it's a crazy it's it's a crazy world out there. It's only getting crazier. There's few things that we can turn to for comfort. One of which porn. Yeah. But the state of Utah does not feel as warm and fuzzy, pun intended, uh, <laughs> about porn. It is indeed the first state to declare porn a public health crisis. And for no reason at all, I will start with Coltrane. Coltrane, do you feel that pornography is a public health crisis? No. Pornography is a gift from the gods. I'm just saying. It's one of the greatest creations <laughs> of all time. And if you look back over over the course of time, when they first created, um, like, cameras, they started with porn. Like, porn has always been there. So porn is a what? part of who we are as a society, what? as a people, as a human race. Therefore, people who are against porn are against people. First of all, uh, that is one of the most patriotic things that's ever been said on the Black Cast. Second of all, we would not have secure online shopping if it was not for the porn industry. Because whenever there's a technological advancement, especially anything media-related, why do we have it? Porn. Uh-huh. porn That's needed, why 3D was created. Yeah, 3D, uh, you know, HD, VD. Well, no, maybe not that one. It's like portable STD. reality for people. Yeah. You can, like, have virtual reality at your own house. Yeah. I'm, to, like, yeah, I'm just saying, why? Because of porn. Well, yeah, why do we have... You know, Netflix and Hulu and the streaming capability to watch movies on the Internet in our home because of porn. So thank you, pornographers, and thank you, pornography, for making America great again. Let me play devil's advocate on please, this one. Please, please, yes, that'll be fun. Um, okay. I would see it as this, and, and I do think that there's some legitimacy to this. Porn for us was something that it was like, you know, there might have been like some risque magazines that were like your dad had or there, your friend's dad there had. There were the whatever. levels. There there was Playboy, which was mm-hmm. quote-unquote classy and artsy. There was Penthouse, which in the day would show Bush, which used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Jeff, you're too young for this. Vaginas used to have hair on them. I know this seems like the craziest thing you've ever heard, but it's true. It used to happen. I'm pro-Bush. There you go. He's keeping it real. But then there was the uh, the lower rung on the ladder, Hustler, which mm. was... Smut. Yeah, that's a great way which to describe actually, it. Which actually showed sex. Yeah, that's true. That's a great point. That's what the difference was, yeah. So so we have... Uh, and, and I'm like... I'm kind of right on that cusp of not as much as you guys. Um, we had this idea of like... Porn uh, as those kinds of things. Like, you know, I think the first thing, this is getting real personal, but I think the first material that I used was like my sister's Victoria's Secret magazine. Shit like that. Now, 
You got to think. Uh, by the way, I'm glad you said your sister's Victoria's Secret and not my sister's diary. Okay, gross. That, that's, okay. <laughs> that's that's, that's, why, I, that's just, why I said it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no, um, but I'm thinking about these little kids now, or I'm just thinking about kids today yeah. who are, they have so much access to the internet on every single fucking device, and they have like unlimited, unfiltered access to these devices all the time. So as soon as a kid decides they want to start exploring sexuality and, and all those things, and it happens for different people at different times, they're going to probably use the internet because that's what people do nowadays. Now they're going to see all these uh, various forms of porn and all that kind of shit and it's going to be everything you could imagine because it's the internet so we have to have the weirdest possible fucking creations yeah stuff that you didn't know that anyone even wanted to see and they're gonna and it's like i'm not trying to say this to be like a puritan who thinks like there's only one way of having sex that's like the appropriate way. Yeah, but I doggy just, style. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. But I just <laughs> Coltrane, <laughs> say it again. I want to make sure everybody hears it. What is the only way to have sex, Coltrane? In the butt. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh but, Captain EO. But I'm just saying, um, I'm thinking more along the lines of you've got a fucking twelve year old girl whose parents are too worried to ever explain the birds and bees to her. She's getting maybe some basics from uh, her health class, and depending on where she's from, maybe basically fucking nothing about it, maybe just yeah. the real like science of it, maybe more, I don't know. But then she goes and she looks it up herself, she looks at porn, and she sees all these like these girls debasing themselves. Like, let's be honest, they're they're doing things in porn yeah. that are like pushing the extremes of like like a girl being covered in like a bukkake film like shit yeah. that's just like no, that's look, you're talking you know, about much more extreme stuff stuff exactly. that they're allowing to happen that uh, unfortunately the hypothetical young girl you're talking about is going to grow up and think like oh it's normal for a guy that, to want this stuff yeah. which you know there's going to be plenty of guys who it's like oh wait she wants that Okay, and then you know it's it definitely it definitely can really warp that your perception of, of what's quote unquote normal just um, desensitizes them yeah, to but, the different levels. Yeah, I'm I'm just talking about you know porn that you Coltrane or I of course separately not in the same room. Ew, mm-hmm. you know that we would want to watch you know recreationally. Yeah. you know the, the, as research. At for the end the of that cast. example, the impetus is on the parents to explain yeah. these things to your children. Like the the end result is parents have the fucking awkward conversation. Yeah, explain these things explicitly to your children so that they understand, so that they don't make poor choices or poorly informed choices. That's about it. That's all you have to do, and then porn is fine. Not, well, I, I don't disagree with that assessment. Uh, Coltrane, uh, your thoughts on uh, what we've been talking about here? I, You know what? I was uh, I was definitely uh, in the anti-Utah camp for a while. I think Dure has, has made a, a strong point here. He has. The, the issue that I think that it's just one of those things that, again, kind of just drives me nuts as it just sort of in general is that it wouldn't be as big a problem if parents like didn't just like give their kid an iPad and say, here, go off and do whatever you want. If they actually paid a little more attention and like, you know, put some restrictions on things or paid attention to what their kids were actually focused on since that's in like, so I wish people would do that. I, I just feel like if you have a kid, you should, you should sort of do that. I understand though, since most parents don't, they, they don't want to take the responsibility themselves, but they also don't want the, the schools to teach them anything either. So, 
in that regard, I actually, uh, I, as, as used to happen in, on a college campus, my opinion has been changed by, uh, by another person's uh, opinion in, uh, in, the, in the course of the dialogue. Well, there you go. And something that would probably never happen today. So, no, absolutely not. No, there you go. But uh, recreationally, Coltrane is still in favor of uh, being able to watch some porn in the comfort of his own home. He does not see it as a public health crisis. Now, some people financially may think that the real public health crisis is dating. A new survey shows that the average person spends five years... And a whopping $20,000 dating before deciding to settle down and get married. The first thing that I have to say, number one, of course, I love my wife. Uh, we've been together for almost 12 years now. This does not apply to us, but um, I would say on average, in five years, you're going to spend a lot more than $20,000. That's what I thought. Yeah. So That's a, that sounds statistic. so low. But maybe in LA though, maybe like if you, know, you live uh, in middle yeah, America, that's a great point. 20, that's a great point because what it says is the average person per date spends forty three dollars and fifty cents. That's like one girl's meal. At, yeah, in LA. that's like I didn't like an anorexic yeah. bitch's meal. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that's like yeah, that's like Dure gets gets himself something and she's like, we, and you just tell her, you know, it's all carbs. So why don't you just have water with lemon? And mm. you know what? Hold the lemon. I have dropped. Two bills on a single dinner. Oh, easily. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not that and difficult. Not even like really a fancy one. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, like fancy dinner. You're you know that the the bill arrives at the table. Yeah, I'm trying to not say come. <laughs> the bill arrives at the table, and you're like, uh, yeah. So that's you know the fancy dinner. You save your comfort later. Oh, <laughs> oh, there we go. So, yeah, I, look, I, I think that maybe the dollar amounts are a little bit skewed, but at the same time, it's true. It's Look, it's expensive to be in love, and I, for one, say that it is, of course, worth it, but uh, Captain EO, uh, you've uh, been dating someone since right around uh, New Year's Eve, unless you're not dating her anymore, which no. would be news to me, but you're still... Yep. Yeah, and we've kind of tracked that relationship here on the black cast because you first got together with her around or on new year's eve and you talked about that on black cast 150 the other one with the wives (laughs) and so do you feel that it's expensive to uh be with your girlfriend is she your girlfriend or she just a girl you're seeing i didn't mean to label it no no it's fine it's interesting uh these are all interesting points so i'll try and get it out quick sure number one the (laughs) Uh, I'll go from back to front. So, I she's That's not my what girlfriend. She, said. Yeah. <laughs> she is not my girlfriend yet. Okay, but we're getting close to that. Sure, it's it's starting to become a conversation in my head that I'm having with myself. So, like, that's an important step. To the reason that I'm debating that is because we've been getting along so well, and one of the things that I really appreciate about her is that she is a lot. Uh, she's not uh, like a lot of other girls that I have had to deal with, where it's like they expect to be taken care of yeah she is constantly trying to outdo me so it's like i buy our dinner and then she comes home with like tons of fucking groceries to be like now let me cook you a dinner and i'm like you're stepping it up honestly a big part of that is just you know getting older and the finding the kind of people you actually want to spend time with Mm -hmm. you know the girls that in the past maybe expected you to take care of them and do a lot of stuff for them and spend a lot of a lot more than 40 350 on a date with them uh probably were you know you were probably attracted to them physically and then you got to know them 
and you painfully dry hump them at a drive-in. Just as a hypothetical, I just picked that out of the air. That's it's, not a real thing. You know? So straight up, it was <laughs> I went on the hot girl pursuit. Sure. And then I was, and I was, uh, I mean, you saw the girls that I was pulling in. They were, they were very pretty. And with each one, it just became more and more apparent that, like, no matter how pretty they are on the outside, like, they're just boring and shitty on the inside. It's not going to work out. Yeah. So, I mean, it took me a while, but after after a few of those, I kind of realized just, like, mm, that's just, just not for me. Like, even the last super attractive girl that I had sex with, I was bored, and it was the first time we ever had sex. And, and not I was Miriam? Just... No, it wasn't Miriam. It okay. was before that. It was um, <laughs> the one after Alex. Okay. And yeah. uh, she was super hot. She was really nice girl. Like, nothing wrong with her, really. But, like, we just weren't connecting on any other level. So, like, when we did finally uh, bang, I was just kind of like, uh, this is kind of boring. Like, well, how do I make yeah. this, spice this up? Like, why is this lame? Look, no, look, that's a that's yeah. a great point. Uh, Coltrane, you're, sorry, you are about to say something. I just said anal. He said how spice it up. <laughs> That's how you spice it up. But, uh, you know, look, Coltrane, it's a great point because, you know, you don't need to look at dating as a transaction. But, I mean, look, we are kind of talking that there is a, a financial vig, as they say in the loan shark business. You know, you're in for a percentage of, you know, you have to spend some money to have it go well. Uh, and you want the sex to be good because you're not literally paying for it. I mean, on less back to our friend Liev. You're not literally paying for it, but you know, you are invested financially, emotionally. Uh, sometimes you have, you know, some of us have had jobs where you don't really have a lot of time. So you want all of your investment to pay off for somebody that's good. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the $20,000 isn't the issue, but it's the, God, I have to spend so much time working on actually having a conversation with this person. So in more of a general sense, Coltrane, uh, what are some of your thoughts on what is an appropriate investment? You know, just time, effort, how much work do you think it should be? And you can factor financial into that how easy should it be to be with someone regardless of gender or preference it should be easy is the way i look at it and it should you shouldn't be keeping track of how much money you're spending because you don't care because you're having fun because you like that person uh culture and your thoughts on that yeah i i mean for me it like it really none of it has to do with like, any of the money aspect of it 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 really has to do with getting past the initial like kind of like the sort of like lustful stage where you're just kind of, you just want to see the person all the time. You want to like kind of bang all the time and everything. You want to go out all the time. You just want to like do everything. You Like it's it's the after that part where it's, you just like to be around the person where you can just like get up and go hiking in the morning. And that's like what you guys both want to do. And it's not like, oh, well, I'm doing this because you want to do it. Not really because I want to do it. Like that's the important part to me. Like, as, as, at this point in my life, it's like, I don't know, you go out with people, like you date, whatever, it's like cool, you, you spend money on a meal, you go off, whatever, like that's that's all like what it is. It's just, I, I want to make sure that I, I'm getting to the point where it's like, we can just hang out and like, that's good. And that's the part that, that I'm really like kind of looking for at this point. I, I don't know, like I don't really pay, like how long it takes to get there is, I don't know, like it's, it's difficult to like kind of lay out but and how much money like it i don't know i really don't keep track of the money but that's like sort of the part that i'm looking for it's like obviously you want to have like a sex life where you both like just enjoy what you're doing but it's 
it's just like it's the little stuff that I'm that I'm looking for. It's the, I just want to know that we can cook together and like that's cool. Yeah, so we can like I said go hiking together and that's what we want to do. Or we can sit and watch like reality TV because let's face it, reality TV is great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you can sit and watch L.A. Hair with a girl, that's perfect. Look, it, it can take a lot of effort. That's fine. It shouldn't feel like work. You know, you right. shouldn't be like, you know, and, and, you know, there's a certain point, you know, maybe you're married for 30, 40 years. It might turn into work to kind of make sure that everybody's happy. That's not what I'm talking about. It shouldn't be work early on. You shouldn't have to put in a, that much where you just feel like, oh, my God, I got to deal with this person. And when you realize that it's not any work at all and it, it, you're putting in the effort, you're paying attention to the person, you're having fun, I would say that would be, as the only as the only one of the present constitution here of the Black S, since uh, Will's on assignment, as the only one who's married, that's when you're like, oh yeah, I can't let this one get away. You know, that's when you realize, like, you know, it's like, when do you know when you're ready to get married? Well, when you have somebody that you realize, oh, if... If I'm not smart, she's going to realize that she could do better. And let me just trick her into being with, to settling for me, you know, because I don't want to have to settle. She should have to settle. Uh, Captain EO, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, um, in, if for, for people closer to my generation, the more of the millennials, it's actually very different. If you want to, if you want to bang, don't pay for the meal. Don't offer to pay for the whole thing. Like split it. Really? Offer minimum. Oh, I could have used that when girls I- <laughs> nowadays are so fighting so hard. Uh, I feel like almost manipulative telling uh, young men this, but this is so true. Girls nowadays are uh, maybe this is an LA thing too, but out here at least they are searching so hard for some approval. Yeah. If you don't give it to them. So if you don't try to impress them by being like, let me pay for the meal, like, let me take care of that, let me, like, be strong, confident, pick where you're going, pick your destination, like, pick your itinerary, unless she has something she needs, you tell them what they're doing, but then don't try and impress them beyond that, and they right. will be knocking your fucking door down. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, it was a, it was a different age, you know? Um, my wife is much closer to your age than my age, but uh, I don't know. I, I just, uh, there was a certain approach that you had to take. It's, it's, I don't know, that's fascinating. Coltrane, does that come as news to you, or is this something that you were kind of aware of? No, I, that's, I, it is definitely something that I've encountered, so... You know, it's, yeah. it's still it's still sort of difficult because, like, sometimes I still, sometimes I will still do it the way that I used to do it, and sometimes I'll do it like kind of, I don't know, I'll sort of like go with the flow and be like, nah, fuck it, I'm not going to do it, and you know, it, I do notice that, so you know. You just sort of yeah. go with whatever you, whatever works for you. You, but, you go with yeah, whatever works, and that. you know times change. You know, I mean, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a major plot point in, uh, in the movie Say Anything about whether or not you unlock your door for the door for a girl. Does she reach over and unlock your door? And when I, I was Carlito's way, it's a, that's in Carlito's <laughs> way too. Yeah, where it's uh, is oh she, no, if she's yeah, a yeah. good girl. She's that's gonna right. reach across. They definitely and talk about it. that. Yeah, that yeah, Carlito's way. That's definitely in. But I mean, that was a real thing. You know, it's like I unlock the door for you, and you just sit there and hold you. Now it's like you know, it's like the keyless entry. You know, you can't. You know, look, it was a test. You can't do these little tests to see. You but can, it's like you just have to modernize them. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know how to modernize that. Do you have a modern version of that, Jeff? It's harder because so much of these like little things are taken care of. You just have to be perceptive. Yeah. Is she 
and and it can't be first first date politics because those were also that's also based on a time where you went on a first date with a girl because you either like met her knew people through mutual people yeah. and like the world was just like a safer more open like let's all get to know each other place whereas now before I've gone on a date with most of these girls, um, not so much anymore because I haven't used the apps in like a year plus, yeah. but usually you were connecting via the online. Like that's the biggest way that I know most everybody that I know who dates anybody is connecting with other people through like the Tinders and, and uh, variations thereof. And so you already have like this whole whatever. You have a whole script that you can use on that first date of like how you can converse. So you miss the little things. You just have to be perceptive of them later on. Like, is she doing the thing that it takes to like, take care? If you ask her to do something simple, is she going to take care of it? Like, Hey babe, can you reach that thing on the other side uh, of you where you have, maybe she has to literally like get up to go grab it. Yeah. And if she does it like without hesitation, then obviously she's the type who has no problem taking care of you or like, doing what she can to to help you out if she's gonna like huff and puff then you know she's just a whiny bitch who wants to be taken care of <laughs> sorry but that's no just- look i i think it's a a, a funny way to uh, phrase something that that makes perfect sense well as our time winds down here on the blackcast uh, this actually leads perfectly into our final topic for the evening it's an evening for us obviously you can listen to this at any time of day you can always go to blackcast.com you can like the Blackcast on Facebook, and of course, follow at Blackcast on Twitter. But we're going to talk about uh, there was a, some research that says that high standards make or break relationships. And it asks the question Will your marriage last longer if you don't expect too much of it? What would you think the answer to that is? You could just give a short answer, Captain EO, and then I'll ask Coltrane after you. Will your marriage last longer if you, if you don't, don't expect, expect too much of it? If you're just like, you know what, don't set your don't set your standards too high. So learn to accept rather than expect? Correct. Yeah, of course it's going to last longer. And it's just like how you'll enjoy more movies if you accept them for what they are rather than expect them to fit into your own thing which I'll get into more when we decide to discuss Batman and Superman. Which will not be tonight, but it'll be uh, an episode. The next episode posted, we'll talk about Batman vs. Superman. Uh, Dawn of Justice. about Sad Ben Affleck, too. Yeah, we will definitely talk about Sad <laughs> Ben Affleck. I agree. I don't, know that sad, I don't know how sad Ben Affleck actually is, but uh, I love that clip. That's actually very funny. Well, uh, Coltrane, what do you think? Do you think having high standards... For and you know, look, it, it's posed about a marriage, but it, it's applicable to a relationship. You know, I, I'm someone who has a marriage. I have a wife. I'll have been married seven years in August. But thanks for rubbing that in our faces. I'm old. I'm forty. Okay, so there you go. See, it all comes I'm back. A man. I'm, I'm, I'm forty. I drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> anyway, come after me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Coltrane, what do you think? Do you think that uh, it's better to not have high standards and not expect too much from your yeah. partner? or spouse? Yes. Hmm. Well, uh, what they found was that high standards in caring, support, or independence, that improved your satisfaction in strong marriages. Your less strong marriages would have higher levels of indirect hostility, which sounds like, you know, there have been many relationships that are filled with indirect hostility, or more severe standards. The high standards just erode the relationship. So, it seems, you know, somewhat inconclusive, but basically the there's one thing to have the expectations, but what I take away from this study is don't demand too much from it. You know, know what it is, you know where what this relationship is, where you got to the point that you were even considering getting married. 
you know, we're not talking about shotgun marriages where, you know, you knocked her up and you have to. We're not talking about that. You know why that happened and you know you just have to kind of, you know, make it work. Otherwise, literally, you'll get your uh, uh, side of your face blown off and not in the good way, not in the way. So, I don't know. I think that basically you should know what it is. You know, you should set the standards that are appropriate for it. What I think the problem can be is setting unrealistic expectations. That's what I say. You can have standards. You should have someone, whatever gender you are, you should have someone who respects you and actually feels like you are contributing something. You know, you don't want somebody that demeans you, belittles you all the time. You see there there are women like that. There are men like that. We've all seen people in relationships with someone, the either gender. Husband. The husband. Uh, the other person is, is like that. And it's, you're just like, well, you should have had higher standards. So that's why I say your standards should be high, but realistically high. Does that make sense to you, Coltrane? Yes. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. Yeah, absolutely. As, as someone who I would deem has a successful marriage, do you do you approach it more as like a you're your own person, you fill most of your own autonomous needs, and then you just have this partner who you like enjoy certain mutual like building of like your life with, or is it like it's all about like whatever you guys accomplish together? I, I would say the answer is in inconclusive for what you're asking is yes, it's all that. You okay. know, it is about what you build together. It is about what you are also doing independently, but how you also work together to achieve, you know, in some ways it's things like financial security. It's being able to buy a house and being able to hopefully put money away for your retirement because there'll be the point where you're old together and you're like, all right, well now, now we can have fun again. Like we used to before we have kids. Just kidding, Felix. Love you, buddy. No, but it's, it's true. I mean, that's really, you, you know, you have to sort of, you play the long game and you have to look at it as such. And it, it, I mean, it really is a partnership. It, it, as corny as it sounds, it's like you both have to work together. And this isn't, you know, what I was saying earlier about relationships. You know, there is a lot of work involved, uh, but the the interaction, the one on one interpersonal interaction, interaction with the person, that shouldn't be the work. You know, you're working together to save money, to keep the house clean, to you know, call a plumber when you need to, whatever the day to day needs are. That's the stuff that does require a lot of time and your effort. But ideally, you're not in a situation where the high amount of effort is the standards you've set for the relationship and always working to make it better. I've talked to a lot of people about this. I blame romantic comedies for giving women an unrealistic expectation for what it's like. You know, they're like, oh, he's great, but we just didn't have that spark. Well, that spark doesn't always exist. Sometimes you settle for no spark. So that's why I'm saying don't set your expectations too high. Did that answer your question, Captain EO? It did, but it's funny, that whole spark thing. Yeah. I just look at it as like uh, <laughs> I've I've used that to girls where I'm like, I just didn't feel it. And what it really meant was just like, I'm just really not into you. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, absolutely I gave it a chance, and nothing really looks like it's going to change. Uh, I feel like I've seen enough of your personality to know <laughs> that you're a little bit boring, so just I'm just going to move bit. on. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, so that's that's my thoughts on that. Uh, Coltrane, do you have any final thoughts on any of the topics that we've covered today here on the Blackcast? Um, I don't think so. I think uh, actually, uh, I was uh, the, the, going back to the uh, the little things about like uh, unlock doors and like how how you can find out uh, one of those little tests. For me, simple. It's coffee. If a woman will go get me coffee in the morning, that's how I know she cares about me. That's that's something. A little thing like that. No, uh, look, you the little... Unlock the door, because, again, we're at the point where we have automatic door locks. But if I, like, if we're, like, just hanging out and, you know, like, you wake up in the morning, and it's not every time, because obviously, you know, it's a two-way street. But, like, for her to, like, get up in the morning and get me coffee, that's great. Look, those... I, does she knows I'll do the same thing for her. Yeah. That's, that's a thing. Those little things definitely pile up, especially what you don't want is for her to go out and get herself coffee, but not come back with any for you. She wouldn't be able to come back. That's what I like to hear. Excellent. Well, look, we had a great chat with you, Coltrane. We appreciate you taking some time late in the evening back there on the East Coast. And uh, I uh, always appreciate having Coltrane's Corner. This was basically... Well, now we're practically, we're almost at the hour and a half mark. We're going to come in a little bit, a little bit under that. And <laughs> I don't know, the second bell was for under for some reason, because it seemed funny to me. It wasn't really. But uh, it, this is basically almost an hour and a half Coltrane's Corner, which is what America needs. America needs mm-hmm. more Coltrane's Corner. And Coltrane, we uh, hope to have you back on sometime soon and always let us know when you're going to be uh, out here visiting. But as we proved with this episode... The phones work. We can get you on via telephone hookup, and you can always contribute to the Blackcast, so we appreciate it. Nobody puts Coltrane in a corner. Nobody puts Coltrane in a corner. Well said. Damn right. All right. Thank you so much, Coltrane. We will talk to you soon in the future. He, of course, is at Coltrane Leaks. He doesn't check it, but you should follow him for when he does. And on the other side of the glass, Captain EO at Jeff Duray. I'm at Christian DMZ. Follow at Blackcast, the Blackcast on Facebook, Blackcast.com. And yes, next time you tune in, we will definitely break down Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. We decided to give you guys a little bit more time to watch it instead of rushing into the studio and breaking it down and spoiling it for everybody, and maybe even the people who didn't see it. And I don't know that it'll be in the next episode, but we also need to talk about Daredevil Season 2. There's so much to talk about, so keep tuned in at Blackcast.com. We will see you next time on the Blackcast.